0: This podcast was brought to you by Pastor Mike Calstrip and Fellowship Church. For more information, visit the thefellowship.church. And established in the faith, as you have been taught, abounding therein with thanksgiving. But beware, lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit, after the tradition of men and after the rudiments of the world and not after Christ for in him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily and you are complete in him which is the head of all principality and power in whom also you were circumcised with the circumcision made without hands in putting off the body of the sins of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ buried with him in baptism wherein also you are risen together Uh, with him through the faith of the operation of God who has raised him from the dead. And you, being dead in your sins and the uncircumcision of your flesh, has he quickened together with him, having forgiven you all trespasses, blotting out the handwriting of ordinances that was against us, which were contrary to us, and took it out of the way, nailing it to his cross, And having spoiled principalities and powers, he made a show of them openly, triumphing over them in it. Aren't you thankful for Jesus? What a thing that he has done for us and how we can rejoice in all of that tonight. Tonight I want to talk to you about our place in him, the place or the position that he has put us in as believers. It's so important for us not only to understand this but to gain a revelation of what it is that christ has done for us as believers and his children to god as children of god and as i've said so many times before you know his coming changed everything i don't think that sometimes we even grasp what it is that god did in the setting of his son jesus to redeem mankind from the penalty of sin but the new birth, your being born of the Spirit of God, changed everything for you. Yes. It gave you the potential to have life and to have it more abundantly. I say potential because there are a lot of people in the world today that are born again. is isn't that they don't love Jesus, but they're not living victoriously. They're not living in a way that uh, they could be uh, if they just knew some truth. So thank God for the church. Thank God for the Word of God. Thank God for a place where you can be fed the Word of God each and every day and be taught faith, real faith, Bible faith. But, you know, it changed us uh, when we were born again. And, and I think the important thing to understand in salvation or in being born again, it's more than salvation. It's more than, okay, you know, hallelujah, I'm going to heaven. You know, there's more to The salvation of God and being born of the Spirit of God than just that because it opens the door to everything that God has provided for us in Christ Jesus of which we just read a little here tonight concerning redemption concerning his plan for your life aren't you glad God has a plan for you Amen! It ought to be the single most uh, ambitious thing that any of us could have is to know His plan for our life because that's the perfect will of God. That's where fulfillment, that's where blessing, that's where satisfaction, all of the things that are represented in life come from when we're in His plan, when we're in His will and when we're doing it. But again, unfortunately, many haven't taken the time to really to discover and to know There's so many voices in the world today you guys and everybody's saying something whether it's some social media platform or whatever Everyone has an opinion about everything But you know at the end of the day the only thing that matters is what Jesus said and what it is that he has uh, uh, proclaimed so uh, We need to and I say this because a lot of times as I said a lot of believers they don't take the time to really discover and to really know uh, what's been provided for them, and then learn to walk in the light of it. You know, because I remember when I was first saved, and I started, you know, beginning this this journey with Jesus, uh, there were so many things in my life that were so screwed up. So when I read the Word of God, uh, really my life was so diametrically different from what was being said in the Bible. And, and when you live in a certain way and you don't know anything else, it's hard to get that train turned around. That's why the Bible tells us to not be conformed to the world, but transformed by the renewing of our mind. And not only that, but, you know, when, when you've been going down a certain direction and you've, you've set these things in motion or you've sown these seeds or whatever the case might be, you know, it, it, it takes some effort to get that crop killed so that you can get the right one going. Am I in the right house? So I don't know where you are in your walk with the Lord or anything of that nature, you know, but the truth of the matter is, is that he has a wonderful plan for your life. He wants the best for you. And that's what you need to aspire to. That's what you need to pursue. That's the thing that you need to, you know, not only grasp a hold of, but but find out what needs to be um, uh, done in order to enjoy it. Hallelujah. You know, again, referring back to my own life and some even that I know here, you know, I come out of a drug culture, and alcohol. My, my family was very involved with alcoholism and things of that nature until, thank God, a bunch of them got saved and this and that and the other. But uh, so I grew up in that. That's what I knew. And uh, so, so it, it sets a course for your life, right or wrong, that's where you're going, you know, and you don't know anything different. If anybody comes against you, then you attack them. You know, and, and so the point being is, is that, that sometimes people have the mistaken idea that, you know, this is the truth, this is the way I want to live my life. Well, really it isn't, because it kills, steals, and destroys, but the God of this world has blinded the minds of those people, you know, so that they can't come into the knowledge of the truth. That's why he sent Jesus, and that's why he sent you. He said, "Go into all the world, preach the good news to every creature. He that believes and is baptized will be saved, and those that don't will be condemned." So, it's important for us, you know, you know, not to. I mean, again, to to hear the words. You don't have to be bound by alcohol. You don't have to be uh, uh, bound by substance abuse or or drug addictions or anything of that. If you've lived in that for a long time, it it. It, it's really hard, I think, to get your head wrapped around it because of all the physical things, the, the addiction that your flesh has attached itself to, all of these different kinds of things. But it is the truth. You don't have to be bound by any of it. Same thing's true. You know, I mean, a lot of times people are, can be very judgmental or critical and, and cynical and all of those things. Well, you don't have to be bound by that either if you don't want to. But some people enjoy that. And so they just go on about their way, and they really don't enjoy freedom and peace and joy that they could because they have this critical uh, opinion of everything. Hallelujah. So thank God we don't have to do that. Can you say amen? Amen. You know, you might know a lot. I know you know a lot. I mean, I understand that. You're pretty sharp. But yeah, right on the other hand, sometimes it's not your circus and it's not your monkeys. So why don't you just leave it alone and... uh, You know, think about something else. Thanks for your enthusiasm. Hallelujah. Amen. Notice with me again in this text that we took, beautiful, wonderful things that the Apostle Paul is talking about here. But notice in verse uh, 6 he says, as you have therefore received him, walk in him. Now, I've said many times, he's speaking figuratively when he says walk, but it really means to pursue a course of action, a manner of life, the way we conduct ourselves. You know, we used to sing, I found a new way of living. I found a new life divine, love, joy, health, peace. Jesus made them mine. You know, and, and these are the things that he wants you and I to walk in no longer in the fighting and the strife and the division and all of the bitterness and everything else that's associated with envy and strife and confusion and unforgiveness and God only knows what, jealousy. You know, these are not things that you and I have been called to walk in at all. So he wants us to put them off. And so, you know, as well as I do, that takes our effort. Jesus did what he needed to do in providing himself as a sacrifice so that you could be born of his spirit So he has empowered you by his indwelling presence to be able to stand against the wiles of the devil And not have to experience all this nonsense and mess that the world is in Hallelujah and then that way they can ask you man. How in the world do you stay so happy? And You can say well the joy of the Lord is my strength. Can you say Amen So it's important for us, but he said to walk in this and notice it says as we go on reading here He says to so walk ye in him now listen to this rooted and Built up in other words your roots uh, the roots of your life the foundation upon which your life is built is rooted in Christ and you're building upon that foundation where your life is concerned. Do you see this picture? Okay? Rooted and built up in Him. Now notice that then it goes on to say, um, established in the faith, as you've been taught, abounding there with thanksgiving. I tell you, we got a lot to be thankful for. Amen? Hallelujah. But now notice it says in verse 8, beware. Underline that word, if you would, in your Bibles. Beware, lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit. Uh, Another translation says intellectualism and nonsense. You know, you've heard it now with everything that's going on in the world about some of the um, major uh, universities and things in the world that are, you know, there are people that are, they've lost their minds. Okay? And that's what it's talking about is the philosophy or the intellectualism and the nonsense of the world. And so then it goes on to say, uh, now notice it says in verse 9, for in him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Now listen to this, verse 10, this is what I wanted to get to. And you are complete in him. Do you know how many people chase their tails? That's a figure of speech. Trying to be approved, trying to be better, trying to... Um, uh you know, work their way into someone's approval. I tell you, my friend, you don't have to do that ever again because you're complete in him. He has made you who you are. And so many times, again, there are these critics in our lives and they have all these things they want to say that they don't like or they don't agree with or whatever the case might be. Listen, you're not answerable to them. You're only answerable to Him. And He is the one who has provided everything for you. He is the one who has made you complete in Him. Hallelujah. So all of that uh, frustration, all of the effort, all of the the consternation that is associated with that, you can just lay it aside and say, you know what, I'm not answering to them anyway. You know, when Joan and I first started the church many years ago, uh, we... (laughs) (laughs) we were criticized by experts. You know, I mean, we had everybody and their dog telling us this, that, or the other, whether it was in the church or out of the church, it didn't make any difference. Lots and lots of people, you know, a lot of them said, we would never make it. Well, you know, 45 years later, here we are. So I, I, I say that to simply say that, you know what? At the end of the day, you just have to be true to him. Did you hear me? Am I doing what Jesus asked me to do? Am I following the path that he gave to me? And that's all that really matters. You know, you think about the ministry of Jesus and how you talk about being criticized, I mean, uh, relentlessly. And yet none of those things he allowed to bother him. So I want you to notice again, though, in, in verse seven. And I want to just make this statement that God wants the child of God to be rooted and built up in Christ or in the truth. Jesus said, you'll know the truth. The truth will make you what? Free, but he went on then in this context to say, "I want you to beware, though, of the nonsense and the intellectualism, and we see it—I mean—growing exponentially, you know—in—in—in in, in, uh, within our culture and things of that nature." But the thing I guess that I want to uh, maybe really land on tonight—I mean, I might land on a lot of different things—but here's an important point: it is without question. You know, uh, let me say it this way, how and what you believe, how and what you believe, maybe why you believe it, is so critical where your life is concerned. It's critical to your success. It's critical to the well-being of your life, how and what you believe. Well, thank God for his word. Can you say amen? Amen. Because it's the word that we need to believe, hallelujah. And, you know, people, they believe all kinds of things. Have you noticed that? Huh? But at the end of the day, you know, even though people believe the things that they believe, that doesn't make what they, what they believe true. You know, they may say it with all kinds of, you know, conviction or whatever you want to call it or persuasion, but that doesn't necessarily, well, you know, in many ways, it's not, it doesn't mean that it's true. You know, you can believe that the moon's made out of cheese, I guess, if you want to. You know, you look at it from a telescope, might convince you that it's Swiss cheese or whatever. But anyway, it doesn't make it true. You know, some people believe they're better than everybody else or better than others. You don't measure up because you're not like me, you know, or you don't have this or you don't have that. Well, again, that might be what they believe, but to say that you're better than someone else is false. We're all in the same boat last time I checked, huh? And yet people will carry themselves, you know, with that kind of, you know, um, disposition, if that's the right word to use. And yet that's that's what they believe. Some people believe that smoking won't hurt you. Huh? I remember when I was a kid, you know, when I was first growing up, "Ah, I won't bother nothing. Yeah, well, just wait. Thank God I got saved and got delivered from them things. Why? Because they'll kill you. You know, at the end of the day. And yet that's not what everybody believes. Some people believe that there's many different ways to heaven. Well, last time I checked, the Bible says there's no other name under heaven given among men whereby you can or must be saved except by the name of Jesus. So again, people believe all kinds of things. I'm so thankful, you guys, tonight to be in this house, to be in this place, to be born of His Spirit and have the privilege of knowing Him. You know, And Paul, he said, you know, the only thing, I, my only ambition is that I may know him and the power of his resurrection. So he pursued it and thank God we have the privilege of being able to do the same. Can you say amen? So that's why we need the word and the Holy Ghost to lead us and to guide us into the truth, all of the truth. Hallelujah. Now, let me, let me share a little nugget of truth with you. Would that be all right? Hallelujah, you ready for this? This comes from Romans chapter 15 13 now listen to what this is true What what I'm about to tell you is true and it's true about you Okay, you, you happy about that here. It is notice what it says now may the God of hope fill you Fill you with all joy and peace. What's the next two words? In believing. So the God of hope wants to fill you with all joy and peace in believing. And then it goes on then to say that you may abound in hope through or by the power of of the Holy Ghost. That's why I said to you earlier, it's so important for us, you know, as believers, how and what we believe. It, I mean, you know, if you, don't, if you don't believe the word of God, you're in trouble. Can you say amen? amen? But thank God we have the privilege of going ahead and believing. Think about Mary for a minute. I, I, you know, I am, I'm amazed and astounded at this girl. She gets visited by an angel. You say, well, I tell you what, if an angel visited me, I'd be pretty well convinced. Well, guess what? Zachariah wasn't. Huh? He's in the holy place of God. An angel visits him, and the clown won't believe what he's being told. Well, so he was dumb. You know, he couldn't speak for nine months until, uh, or however long the period was, 9, 10, 11, whatever. You know, why? Because he wouldn't believe. But Mary... You know, when it was all done and said and done, she says, "Be it unto me according to your word." And the angel left her. When she went to see Elizabeth, her, her uh, cousin, when she walked in the room, uh, she was uh, pregnant with uh, John the Baptist, and uh, part of the prophetic word that Elizabeth had there is, "Blessed is she that believed." For there shall be a performance of those things which were spoken unto her. Well, the antithesis of that is, is that if you don't believe, then those things that have been spoken will not be performed in your life. You know, if we we share the word of God with you and we say that God is a good God and that he has a plan for your life and that it is His will for you to prosper and be in health as your soul prospers, then that's the will of God. And you have every reason to believe that, accept that, embrace that, and and pursue that. But if you choose not to believe it on the basis of, well, you know, my life, my experience, this, that, or the other, tells me another story. Well, then you're choosing to believe that over what it is that the Word has said. Can I get a witness? Okay? So we got to do a little changing about some of that, and we just have, you say, well, how do you process that? How do you deal with it? You have to just say in your heart, you know, I understand that my life right now isn't what that's talking about, but I believe it, and I'm going to accept it, and I'm going to march toward it. Yes. Are you with me? That's just the way it works. I mean, you can, you can live in poverty and lack, and the Bible tells you, beloved, I wish above all things that you would prosper and be in health as your soul prospers. Okay, that's what the scripture says. But, you know, you may be in a situation where you don't have much or, you know, you're fighting to make ends meet and all of these different kinds of things. And, and the, I'm, not ta- I'm not talking about being in denial of those things. I'm just saying I want to accept what it is that he promised, and I'm going to look to him to find a way to get there. Are you with me? Same thing's true in marriage. You know, God ordained marriage. I don't know if you knew that or not. And he wants the best for you. It's sacred. It's wonderful. There's such blessing in it. But, you know, a lot of times people have a hard time in marriage. And there's a lot of different dynamics to that. I mean, that's the reason why Pastor Brian had the classes. Why? To help people understand how marriage works so that you can know the truth and the truth can make you what? What? free. But if there's no appropriation, there's no action, there is no, you know, doing of what it is said, then your life will be the same. Okay. Or worse or, you know, whatever. But thank God, the truth can set you free. If you'll walk in the light of it. You say, well, give me an example. Okay. Let's just talk about strife. Let's talk about being sarcastic. Let's, let's, you know, um, what's that word? Snarky, you know, and all that. Well, snarkyism is not from heaven. <laughs> okay? So if you want to continue to yield to that, you can. And your life or your relationship or whatever won't be any better. You'll only continue to make matters worse. Are you with me? Until you decide that you're going to zip your lip. And let no corrupt communication come out of your mouth, but rather that which is good to the use of edifying, ain't going to happen. You say, yeah, but God's not helping me. He's done everything that he needs to do to help you. This deal is your deal. Okay? Um, When we had our meetings, weren't the meetings that we had, our Faith Life Conference awesome? They were so awesome. They were awesome, 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 awesome. Well, last night, we had a bunch of people, uh, men, that came with a uh, as a group uh, that have been involved in drug addictions and things of that nature. And I had a word for them. I was standing right here, you know, and, and fortunately, Joel said, you got something? You, I said, yes. And and the scripture that I used was in Deuteronomy 18, uh, 8.18. Now, it didn't really... Ha- I mean, the, the context of it or the subject being discussed was, was, didn't really necessarily relate to them but the principle that was communicated did. So the verse of Scripture says this, you shall remember the Lord your God because it is He that gives you the ability to get wealth that He may establish His covenant with you, as He said, you know, where Abraham's concerned. So what I was working to emphasize, I just felt this because, again, when you're if you have an addiction or you have problems or you have something going on, it, it's hard sometimes to bring the reality of God's Word into that circumstance and to begin to appropriate it. So I tried to impact, unpack it. You know, when you go away, you always think, well, I could have done a better job or I could have said this, that, or the other, or whatever. But I, I tried to emphasize to them that you are not going to get his ability, you have it. Because because sometimes these things that that we want to see manifesting in our lives, uh, they get relegated off into the future somewhere instead of right now. You know, someday, someday. No, right now. He said, remember the Lord, it's he that gives you the ability. He gives you the ability. So we say, I have his ability. I can do this. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Now, again, that statement may contradict what it is you're experiencing, but the truth is he's given you his ability. Uh-huh. Amen. You know? So you have it. Hallelujah. So when the devil says, no, it doesn't look like it, you can say, no, I do have it. This, that's what faith is. That's, faith is believing that what God said is true and walking in the light of it. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put away evil communications, I'm going to put away strife, I'm going to put away <laughs> snarkyism, you know, or, you know, what, what in other words, you're going to stop these things. Well, that's the way, you know, and people sometimes in relationships, you know, they use these as defense mechanisms, you know, they got to, you know, try to stand their ground because the other guy is acting like a knothead anyway. Well, just because they do doesn't mean you have to. So you ha- i have found a new way to live. This is, and this, these are character issues. Am I in the right house? Yeah. But you got to decide. You got to make some decisions that you are not going to play into the hand of the enemy, because that's essentially what you're doing. When you allow strife into your home, when you allow you know negative uh, things, communications, and things of that nature, you know, into your house. Uh, You're just asking for trouble if the devil is trying to push you in that direction with some type of temptation You just have to recognize it and say devil if you keep talking. I'm going to do something that will bless them He'll stop talking to you because he certainly doesn't want anybody to be blessed So in other words if you feel this push to want to retaliate or to whatever just turn it around and do something that counter- dicks what it is that you're being told to do. Does that make sense to you? Yes. That's what love does. Love your enemies. Listen, dude, when your enemy is doing what it is that they're doing and God says, love them, that's a different ballgame. Huh? Hallelujah. You glad you came tonight? Yes. Yeah, We're we're learning how to live. We're learning how to walk. We're learning how to do it right. Amen. Sometimes, you know, I mean, Uh, The devil will bring something up just to try to get a response out of you Sometimes you just need to not say anything Okay enough about all that Romans 15 13 now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in 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 what believing You got to believe it you got to believe his word Don't think about what it is going on in your life right now, because everything that's in your life right now is temporal. What's that mean? Subject to change. And it can and will get better if you'll walk in the light of the Word of God. I'm a testament to that. My life was a mess, but I'm I'm in pretty good shape right now. Still got a few things going on, but you know what? Glory to God, we're getting there. Are you listening to me? And you have to understand that you have to know that and you have to believe that that you may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Ghost. God is the God of hope. Yes. Amen? Amen. He's not the God of condemnation. He's not the God of despair. He's not the God of trouble. He's the God of hope. So if you if you have thoughts of despair, trouble, condemnation, all it's not it's not coming from heaven. I said, there is therefore now no condemnation to those who what are in Christ Jesus for why you are complete in him who is the head of all principality and power. He's done everything that needs to be done for you to be able to live this kind of life. But, you know, um, yeah, you have to. When we try to unpack this and say, "Okay, pastor, I'm, I'm, I'm on board. What do you want me to do? I want you to learn. I want you to learn who God really is, his nature and his character. He's a God of hope. He's on your side. He's for you. Are you listening to me? You know, that God is a good God. You say, well, if he's so good, then why is this and that and the other? You know, that path of reasoning is so detrimental and unhealthy Again, you have to believe what the Word says. Uh, James chapter 1, verse eh, 16 or so, he said, Do not err, brethren. Every, in other words, don't make this mistake. Every good gift and perfect gift is from above. Comes down from the father of lights with whom there's no marriableness, neither shadow of turning. It was of his own will. So now what he's going to do is he's going to show you his goodness. In the next verse, he says, of his own will, he gave birth to you so that you could be born of the spirit of God. That's good. Huh? So he's not your enemy. He is the God of hope. But again, we all, all of us, we face these battles in our lives right here. This is the battleground, you know, and all of these different kinds of things that the God of, the wor- God of this world tries to manipulate to get you to think otherwise. And that's why, praise God, we just need to stick with the word. You know, the devil will say, you're not going to make it. You're never going to this. You're never going to... I mean, God gives you a word for a better life or something he wants you to do or whatever the case might be. All of a sudden, you get this pushback, this pressure that says it's not going to happen. It's never going to happen. It won't work for you. It worked for them, but not you. I mean, all of that kind of thing is from hell. And you just have to say, it will work. It is working. And we're going to make it happen because the greater one is on the inside of me. And he is the one who gave me this mandate. Are you listening to me? You know, and that works in any area of our lives, you know? I mean, you know, hell works to destroy your life. It it works to destroy your marriage. Because why? If it gets a marriage, it gets the kids. So you better protect it. You better wise up. You better decide that whatever it is that you're trying to hang on to isn't worth the price of you losing what it is that God has entrusted to you. I'm just saying, hallelujah. You say, well, what am I supposed to do? Well, do the Bible. Start loving the unlovely. Huh? Woo! Still glad you came? <laughs> it's getting a little, uh, you're, some of you are sitting there going, thank God, I'm, I'm, I'm single. Well, you know what? You know, if you're married, you know, you can still be great. Are you with me? Hallelujah. God's the God of hope. Hallelujah. But here, uh, um, I I got got off my train of thought. What I want you to learn is who God is, who you are, and what Jesus has done for you. Okay? Those are powerful, powerful things. And it doesn't happen overnight. It's a process. But, you know, you walk down the road of life here with Jesus, and you, you continue to learn and learn and learn and learn. Learn who He is, His nature, His character. You know, what he said instead of what the world or the devil's telling you. Are you with me? It's important. You know, for example, you know, um, to, to know who God is through his word. Did you know that that'll bring you joy and peace? You say, oh, God is this way? Yep, he sure is. You mean he wants, yes, he sure does. You know, these are the kinds of things that you need to learn. You need to learn, praise God, that he's El Shaddai. That God that's more than enough, huh? You need to learn, praise God, that he is Jehovah Jireh, my provider, huh? Come on now. And then not only that, but that he's Jehovah Nissi, the Lord our banner. What does that mean? Our victor. And we read it in our text here tonight, though we didn't really get into the uh, crux of it. But he said, you know, we're complete in him. Everything we need is done. And he's blotted out the handwriting of ordinances that were given us, nailed it to his cross. And he said, having spoiled principality and powers, he made a show of them openly, triumphing over them in it. And he did it for you. So he is your victory. Hallelujah. He's your champion. You know, when, when again, you feel like defeat or you feel defeated or the devil's telling you to defeat or whatever, you go, no, no, no. Glory to God, I'm more than a conqueror through him that loved me. Amen. Because you are. Okay? You know, all you got to do is believe the right thing and it's going to be just fine. Can you say amen? So it's important for us to understand that. He's Jehovah Rapha. I am the Lord, your physician or healer. And we could go on and say a lot of different things about who he is. But, you know, so... So that's finding out about who he is. Now, let's find out about who you are, okay? That's important because the devil will try to corkscrew you into the ground, and he will take like a mortar, mortar and pistol and just grind you into nothing if he can. But thank God he can't when you're equipped with the truth. He tried to do that with Jesus, and it didn't work. Are you listening to me? So uh, you have to know who you are through the word again, so again, that you don't end up being laid low. And it's a battle. You know, I I remember when I got saved, you know, and I get a whole little truth, you know, and I get excited about it, and some well-meaning person would come along and say, well, you know, I know you think that's such a, you know, whatever, and that that's the way, but that's not really what that means. Well, what does it mean? Well, not that, you know. And then all of a sudden, man, I'm, I'm walking around like this. You know, I was all excited earlier. You know? And I have to go back to the Word and find out what the Bible had to say. So that, thank God, I could strengthen myself in that and walk in the light of it. But you need to know who you are through His Word so that you don't end up... You know, how do you see yourself? This is a, this is a valid question. How do you see yourself? Well... I don't see myself very victorious. I don't see myself... I kind of see myself kind of defeated. I kind of this, I kind of that. You know, the whole negative context. But see, you haven't been reading your Bible. Because if you were reading your Bible, you wouldn't think that. And when Peter was writing in chapter 2 of the first letter that he wrote in verses 9 and 10, he he said, you are a chosen generation. He said, you're a royal priesthood. You're a holy nation. You're a people that have been, you have been separated unto God by the Lord Jesus Christ. That you should show forth the praises of him that's called you out of darkness. One translation says you are a special people. You know, you walk around and say, bless God, I'm special. Hallelujah. You know, it might not look so good, but glory to God, I'm special. Why? Because he said you were. Huh? Why not believe him? And then, glory to God, you'd be a whole lot happier. Can you say amen? Amen. Yeah, fill you with all joy and peace in believing. Glory to God. Amen. So it's important. The Bible says that if any man be in Christ, again, how many do we have that are in Christ here? Huh? Okay, if any man be in Christ, he's what? A new creation. Old things have passed away. Man, thank God the old man died. People I run into, classmates, different ones, you know, they'll say, well, I remember this and I remember that. And I tell them all the time, that guy died. Because he did. I put him in a grave through water baptism and being born of the Spirit of God. And I came to walk in newness of life. You know, I've said this, or I've told you before, one of the classmates, we had a class reunion one time, and she got up and she said, I wanted to give an award to Mike Kelstrup. And, uh, you know, she went on this spiel or whatever, and at the end of it, the whole idea was is because I never thought in all my life that he would ever become a preacher. Why? Because she knew me in my past life. And the two don't mix. It's like oil and water. But it wasn't me, it was him. And an encounter with Jesus changes everything. Can you say amen? So we're new creations. We're the sons of God. You're a son, a child of God. You know, uh, Paul, (coughs) excuse me, Paul goes into extensively about the adoption process that you and I have had the privilege of experiencing to become the children of God. And so, when John was writing in one place, he says, Behold, what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of God. And then it goes on then to say, he said, Beloved, now are we the sons of God, and it does not yet appear what we shall be, and so on and so forth. You're a child of God right now. I'm His child. Hallelujah. I have His power. I love what He loves. I tell you what, life is good because of him. Are you listening to me? Come on now. I'm doing better preaching you're doing amen You know? But you're a child of God. You're a son of God. I'm talking about knowing who you are. You're his child. You ought to know that you're redeemed. Not going to be. Thank God I'm redeemed. When I found out that Christ redeemed me from the curse of the law being made a curse for me, that's in Galatians chapter 3 and 13. Well, part of the curse was sickness, disease, poverty, you know, lack, uh, being separated from God, all of that. Thank God he redeemed me. So I don't have to live that way. Are you with me? Now, <clears> there's <throat> a little sidebar to this, you know, because when you start talking about the fact that God wants to bless you, prosper you, that he doesn't want you to live in lack and deficiency, you know, people they get a little angry about that because of their current circumstances and how difficult things. Let's go back to the verse that I gave to you in Deuteronomy eight, eighteen. Said, But you shall remember the Lord thy god your God, for it is he who gives you the ability to get wealth. Who who who's getting it? We. The ability or the power to get, we're the ones that are going to do it. What does that mean? God will give you wisdom. God will give you ideas. God will say you need to do this, not this. God will tell you you shouldn't be spending money on this because if you'll use this. You know, I remember one time the Spirit of the Lord spoke to me. He says, invest in something that will make you money. Well, you have to, if, if uh, in order to invest money, you have to save. I don't know what it's like now, but I know amongst uh, the Japanese, this is probably 20 or 25 years ago, they saved 52% of their earnings and lived off the other part. Why? Because when you save, you, you amass something and then you can take that capital and you can use it to your advantage. And I'm really getting off on a whole nother rabbit trail here, but he gives you the ability. He gives you the ability. He gives you. The, see, so many times people think, well, you know, I got saved by grace through faith. So, you know, I'm going to get it, whatever it is that I need the same way. Wrong. Yes, you got saved by grace through faith. But now that you're saved, he's going to give you the ability to obtain or to get wealth. He's going to help you, empower you. Um, strengthen you, give you ideas, wisdom, all of these different kinds of things, you know, so that you can grow. Well, that went over good. Okay. But that's the way it works. In all labor, there is profit. But the talk of the lips tend only to, King James uses the word penury, or extreme poverty. I, you know, you run into people all the time, and they're talkers. They're talking, boy, they're talking about this, and they're going to do this, and they're going to do, you know, and this and that, and I think this is the way to go, and whatever, whatever. But they don't do anything. And so what happens? Nothing. You know, you, you, you've got to put your hand to the plow. Now, he's not here tonight, but I'll just take Gaila's wife, Bob Fisher. He drives a truck, you know. You say, well, that's not very, uh, you know, noble or whatever the case might be. Well, it is to Jesus, because I tell you, all work is sacred to God. Are you listening to me? And so what does this guy do? He gets up in the morning, and he goes to work, and he drives the truck, and he does this. And somebody will come along. And, and, and the thing about it is, he's diligent. Are you listening to me? He's diligent. You know, he'll get a call, hey, can you do this? Well, he was thinking about going home, but he says, yeah, I can do it. And he does it. Why? What, what happens? He makes money. It, he makes extra you know, are you listening to me? And I'm just saying, you know, you may not think that's the most lofty thing in the world, but I'm telling you this much about it. Here's somebody that's found a niche, and he's tried to talk to other people and say, dude, if you would just do this, you could, you know, it's a good gig. He's home every night. Gail is happy about that. The dogs are happy about that. Everybody's happy, you know? You know, so, so he finds this deal. And, and the need in the world today is great to, if, 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 if the, if, you know, they're looking for somebody to work. So there's opportunity. Don't, don't sit around and say, well, you know, nothing seems to fit my gig. Listen, do whatever your hand can find to do, and I am really off my subject. But it's, it's, it's the way it works, you guys, you know say, well, I don't believe that whole thing about God wanting to bless you and prosper you and all that and that, you know, and this and that, because that's not the way it is for me. Might want to look some of these things I just talked to you about over. That's all I'm saying. Okay? You know, there's a minister that talks about um, having a uh, sixth what is it called? Six-day project. You say, Six days, my God. You know, everybody, they're, they're trying to get her down to three at about six hours a day now. Well, I can tell you right now, that ain't going to happen. I mean, it's not going to work. It may, it may happen, but it's not going to work. You know? D- doesn't the Bible say six days shall you work, and then the seventh is your Sabbath? Okay? <laughs> that went over good, too. Amen. You know, sometimes there's just stuff you gotta do. Are you with me? I gotta get off that, okay? I was talking about Jesus' redeeming us from the curse, and now I got way over here, and it's almost time to quit. Okay, but I'll tell you this much. If you put your hand to it, you look to him, pray and ask God to lead and guide you, he'll bless you. And you know, you're not gonna, you know, everybody wants, it's kinda like Brother Hagin used to say, everybody wants to start about, you know, the 10th or 12th rung. He said, no, you start out down here, and you go up. Huh? And people don't want to do that, you know. I use that story about working in a hog lot. Dude, that was not, you talk about, yeah. I wasn't a prodigal son either. I mean, you know, come on now. I mean, I I love Jesus, but here I am. But I learned a lot of great lessons in there. If nothing else, I don't want to live here forever. (laughs) You know what I'm saying, you know. Working for three bucks an hour or whatever it was, you know. And um, I didn't, I didn't stay there. You know just because you're where you're at that doesn't mean that's where you got to stay you can develop skills like, ah, yeah, 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 yeah. You know you can develop skills learn some things you know uh, uh, Find a way you know, I mean uh, people are looking for someone who can find solutions And maybe where you're at right now, you've got all kinds of problems. Well, think that over. What would you do? How could you do that better? What would you do differently? You know, different things. And you might be able to come up to your manager and say, hey, how about if we tried this or whatever? You know, in the story of fast food, you remember that somebody came up to McDonald's. They had a franchise. They said, I want to knock a hole in the wall and I want to serve, you know, Happy Meals out, out this window. And they said, no, that's not the way we do it. This is the way we do it. You know, we got our little shake machine over here, and we, we flip the hamburgers, and they come in, and we feed them, and that's the way it works. No. And uh, he just kept persisting. He said, well, I, I really want to do this. I said, okay, it's on you. You'll pay for it. When it doesn't work, you can put it back. I think 65 or 70% of all their uh, revenue comes through a window now. See what I'm saying? Well, you'd know that, wouldn't you, Marsha? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Do you work the window? Yeah. Do you? Mm -hmm. Do you have a smile on your face? Are you happy? Yeah. That a girl. Praise God. Because some of them, they're not so happy. But anyway, (laughs) let's not talk about that. I need to quit. Um, (laughs) let Let me close with, remember I said, learn who he is, learn who you are, and learn what it is that Jesus has done for you. You know, and we talked a little bit about that because people are unclear about that. Um, Talking about Israel, you know, and they have their uh, situation that they're dealing with. But, you know, there was another time in their history when they they got away from God and they served idols and they had problems and all kinds of things. Well, you know, when you you walk away from God and do the wrong things, you get in trouble. And that's what ended up happening. They ended up, you know, uh, Nebuchadnezzar besieged the city. Raised it, I mean, just turned it to rubble. Jerusalem was torn up, and for 70 years they were exiled into Babylon, you know, and they were slaves, basically, you know. And in the context of that, when Jeremiah wrote, he said, he said, and I use this scripture all the time, but he said in 2911, I know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, to give you hope and give you a future. Well, probably at the time, they were thinking, yeah, right. Well, here's the thing you need to understand Everything that God said is, says is true And if he says it shall come to pass Listen, my friend, it's going to come to pass And it did, before it was all over with If you read in their history, he delivered them out of their hands They went back to their, their country and all of these different kinds of things But, but the point is, is that, you know, so many times when God says I know the plans I've got for you They are plans to prosper you, not to harm you to give you a hope, give you a future. That is a fact. That's truth, okay? So you can't judge that in the light of your experience. You have to judge it in the light of what he said. And if you will, then you'll be blessed. I say all of that to say, because he said, I know these plans I have for you. Then he went on to prophesy in chapter 31. He said, behold, the days come When I'm going to bring a deliverer and I'm going to put myself in you, you know, this is paraphrasing it, you know, in 31 through 34, verses 34, and guess what? Sometime later, Jesus came. So he made good on his word. Our our timelines are so much different than our heavenly fathers. Are you listening to me? You just got to stay faithful, you guys. Keep it up. Keep swinging the bat. I mean, stay after it. Do the right things. And I guarantee you that there's a breakthrough in your future and you can enjoy heaven's best. And I have to stop. Stand with me, if you would, please. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Well, did you get something out of this? Let's, Let's take the word of God and get our thinking straightened out. And the next time, you know, whenever you feel like you've been mistreated... Think of Joseph in the Old Testament. There you go. Any of you ever been mistreated? You ever felt like, well, you know, they don't care about me. Nobody loves me. I guess I'll go eat worms. No. You, you know, but, but my point is, is that everyone deals with this stuff. You're not the only one. The devil will tell you that. You're the only one. You know, they're not, you know they don't love you. They don't talk to you. They look at you funny. They do this, they do that. Everybody deals with this stuff, you guys. All of us. It doesn't make any difference whether it's me or her or any of the rest of you. We all deal with it. But what you have to do is you have to be anchored in what is true. And then that way you've got something to fight with, for a lack of better way of saying it. Devil, I rebuke you. You're a liar in the name of Jesus. You know? Put him on the run. Because if you do that, you'll be blessed. Would you pray with me? Father, we thank you tonight for the word. We thank you for the opportunity to gather together here. And Father God, I thank you for helping us, each and every one of us, as we come to understand and know the truth of your word. To battle, Father, to stand against and resist any unhealthy thoughts that are being assailed against us by the God of this world that come from hell. And I thank you, Lord God, that in the wisdom that only you can give, Father, you'll help us, you'll strengthen us, You'll bless us. You'll move us forward in the plan and the purpose that you have for us, Lord. Hallelujah. And, and, and our, our, our future days will be greater and more blessed than our latter. And we just thank you, Father God, for your mercy, your goodness, and your grace. In Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. How many are you glad you came tonight? How many of you are going to be a doer of the word? Praise God. I tell you what. It's got some good stuff for you. Why don't you be seated? We're going to receive our evening offering.